you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 1, please. Luke chapter 1. And this is going to go in with next week as well, what we have planned for next week. But Christmas should be a time of hope for everyone. But it's not. But it, it should be. And that's why we as believers need to make sure that we're living right so that people can find their hope. In Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this must be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord, will, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And, you know, what an amazing word to this young girl living in a small town. Um, Nazareth could have been anywhere from 180 people to maybe 700 at the most, probably more likely 400. Isn't that amazing? So she's young, she's living in a small town, she's a virgin, but she's just been espoused to Joseph. She's anticipating her marriage to Joseph, minding her own business, and her life is ever-changed as well as Joseph when Gabriel appears to her. And this morning, I, I just want to encourage you, why Mary? Why did God choose Mary? And we don't necessarily know the answer to that, but there's some things that we can find from her life and hear from her own words why He may have chose her. And to help, let me give you some family background First, her parents, Jacob and Anna, were originally from Jerusalem. And they were from or they were wealthy and used their resources for the work of God. Some say that Jacob was a scroll scholar. 
someone who knew the Word of God and that his life centered around the Scriptures. So he was involved with the Sanhedrins. He was protective of the scrolls that had the Word of God written on them. And they lived in Nazareth and he would have worked in, um, and I don't know how to pronounce the city for sure, but Sephoris. And that was about four miles from Nazareth. And it was a bigger city and that's where uh, things took place. And that was the seat of the power of the Jewish Sanhedrin. And this city was also the largest collection of the sacred scrolls, scrolls for Israel. When King Herod died, he they divided the kingdom up into three sections and this became the primary section for the scrolls. And so this city was there and, and um, they, they built things to it. And the other thing that I, I just want to mention this, from Nazareth, you could see this city at night. All lit up. All in its glory. And think about what Jesus said. A city on a hill Right? So maybe he's taken that analogy from that. Because of what he could see when he was at Nazareth and being able to see Sephoris. So put it all together, this family built was built on a foundation of the Word of God to protect it, and they tried to walk it out daily. And Mary and her parents would have uh, been highly influenced by the Word of God. A few things that I want to say before we dive more into this is, because uh, I kind of want to follow the Scripture, but the world is trying to say that she wasn't a virgin. And so I want to address that first. Because the original Greek categorically means that Mary had never experienced a sexual relationship, not ever, with a man. And she was a virgin. The world is trying to say that maybe she was just a, it simply means that she was a young girl or a young maiden. And that's not what it means. It means that she was a virgin. But you know, the, the world is always trying to water down the Word of God. The second word that I want to call your attention to is favored. And we find that in verse 28 where he's, that Gabriel says to her, Greetings, O favored one. And then in verse 30, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And that word favor means chosen, singled out, and graced by God for a purpose. And you may think to yourself, well, that's fine, that's her, but what about me? Have you received Christ? then you're highly favored as well. That's what the word grace is. And Mary's response to the words of Gabriel are what need to be our response as well. In Luke one thirty eight, I just want to remind you, and Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. It's important for us. And I have stressed this, especially recently, but all of my, it is so important for us to know the Word of God, to hide the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds. 
It's, it's not my responsibility to get it into your hearts and minds. We only have, you know, maybe 30 minutes of preaching, hour and a half together. That's not going to fill your heart. You have to take the initiative to read God's Word, to study His Word, to find out what it is. Because it's through that. Mary, and you have to understand that Mary is so filled and inundated with the Word of God. She's raised with the importance of the Word of God in her life. And so when the angel comes, that's her surrender. And then I just want to go to chapter 2 for a moment. Luke chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. And this is after Jesus is born. The shepherds come because the angels told them to come. And, and so they're there. And it says this in Luke 2.18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And when we look at this, think about the, Is this the reason that God chose her? When it says that she treasured up all these things, the word treasured up means this to keep within oneself in order to closely guard. Or to accurately and carefully preserve. There was something about her, something that God knew that she was going to take the word of God. She was going to hear these words. She was going to let them rest within her. Okay, she treasured them. She treasured them up. And I I just wonder how many times do we have that mindset when we're reading the Word of God, when we're studying the Word of God? Do we do it just because we're supposed to do it? Or do we look for it and have it stored up as treasure in our lives? And then the word pondering, because it says that she was pondering them in her heart. And that word pondering means To lay in order like one who carefully and meticulously chronicles a story. And so we see that Mary was so impacted by this amazing sequence of events in her life and in the life of Jesus that she chronicled all of it in her heart and carefully preserved her memories of it. And I just wonder, did she journal? Did she write it out? And so this morning, this is not going to be great revelation to you, but what I want to take is some time to, I'm just going to give you the scripture references and and talk about it, but I want us to let this soak into us and, and may it be something that we begin to treasure in our hearts and in our minds as well. Because, and even in the Psalm 130 that we opened up, hope comes from God's word. If we don't have God's word in us, if we're not looking to obey God's word, then we, we won't be a people of hope. And there's a lot of Christians who are trying to live their life and they don't have the power of God's word in their lives to change them. And listen, if you aren't changed by the word of God, the world isn't going to be changed. Because we're his plan. And if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else up. So I want to start in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. And this is the miraculous happenings 
that occurred with Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of their son, John the Baptist. You remember, he was the high priest. He went in and he couldn't believe what, what he just heard. And so he became to where he couldn't talk until John was born. She knew this. She remembered this. Luke chapter 1, verse 27. That Mary was a virgin who had never sexually known a man. Do you think she knew? Do you think it was read to her over the years about how Christ was going to come into the world being born of a virgin? Luke 1, 26 to 38, which we read earlier. And this is the angel Gabriel, Gabriel's appearance to her to make the announcement to her. Verses Luke, 30, Luke 1, 34 to 35, that Mary was supernaturally impregnated by the Holy Spirit. I mean, these are events. These are things that are happening to her and in her and for her. And all she was was just a young girl from a small town that who noticed her? You know who noticed her? God noticed her. And, and you may be wondering to yourself, is God ever going to notice me? What are you doing for him to take notice of you? Are you studying his word? Is your heart pliable towards him? Are you hungry for what he's hungry for? Or are you just about yourself? Luke 1, 39-45, John the Baptist leaping in the womb of her cousin Elizabeth when Mary arrived to greet her. And Mary was already pregnant with the Christ child. Can you imagine what that scenario would have been like? And then in verses 42-45, to 45, Elizabeth's prophetic confirmation of what the angel Gabriel had previously told Mary at which time Elizabeth also prophesied to her about Christ's child in her womb. I mean, to me, this is so amazing to me because Mary's going there, not sure of what she's going to do in all of this, and when she goes, and then uh, John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Here's what I want us to see in this. There's confirmation that God is giving to them, to all of them, over and over and over again because of His Word. And what happens to us when we will step out and be obedient to God's Word ourselves? At times, when you first start off, you may not have the confirmation. You may not know why you're doing what you're doing. But if you will be faithful to be true to God's Word, step out in faith, I promise you, God will make and allow those confirmations to come to pass. On the trip for... Mary to go find Elizabeth. Do you think she was wondering, have I lost my mind? Am I going crazy? If she's like you and I, yeah. You know, I don't know if they had pizza back then, but she's wondering, you know, was there something bad on the pizza? Cheese go bad? The, the meat go bad or something? How, how can this be? But she gets to Mary and, and, or to Elizabeth and all of this happens and then the prophetic happens. Or are you just content with going to heaven when you die? I'm not. 
And if you are, I promise you, this won't be your church. You probably won't last very long. Luke 1, 57 to 59. Well, no, 46 to 55. Mary sang out a prophetic song of praise given to her by the Holy Spirit. Verses 57 to 79. When John the Baptist was born, his father Zachariah's tongue was supernaturally loosed and he prophesied that John the Baptist would, be prepared, would prepare the way of the Lord. And he gave him the name John, which wasn't supposed to happen in there. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. That the world senses that took place requiring her and Joseph to travel to Bethlehem and causing Jesus to be born there on time as prophesied. I mean, what do you think when they heard that they, the census was being taken place and that they had to go back to Bethlehem? Do you think maybe even her father, Mary's father, looked into the scrolls, looked into the word of God and said, look, not only is it a virgin, but you're, you're, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. This is your sign that you have to go. Was that part of what took place? I have a feeling it was. We don't know that for sure. But I have a feeling it was. Verse 7, Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And when Jesus was miraculously born, she wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because that's what it said. Did she know it? I mean, I'm sure that when they were heading to Bethlehem, they weren't thinking that there wasn't going to be room in the inns, that they were going to be able to stay with somebody. But no, they couldn't. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 18. The shepherds came to see the baby Jesus because a heavenly host of angels announced to them that Jesus had been born. I mean, can you imagine what they're going through as they're Wondering, they give birth, they wrap him in the swaddling clothes and place him in the manger and thinking, man, what have we gotten ourselves into? And then these shepherds show up and they're announcing to them, this is what the angels said to us and we wanted to come see him. You see, there's such great confirmation that God will give us when our hope is in his word, when we step out in faith to do the things that he's called us to do. And I... I just want to encourage us with that this morning. That you have that hunger. You have that desire for God's word in you. And it doesn't matter what your friends are like. It doesn't matter what they think about you. If they think you're crazy, fine. Prove to them that you are. Don't leave them any room for doubt. Press into God's word. In Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38, this is when they're at the temple. Simeon and Aaron spoke prophetic words over Jesus and his dedication. And this is where Mary's pondering all these things. She's treasuring all these things up in her heart. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. 
that they returned to Nazareth as a family of three, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, after Herod had died. When we're recounting all this, and you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, do the same thing. And, and this is what I want to encourage you with, and, and hopefully you'll see this. I want us to see God's faithfulness. The way that God is so true to His Word. And how both of these should place a hunger within our hearts to know God's Word. That knowing that God is faithful to His Word, true to His Word, doesn't that place a hunger in us to want to know God's Word? To know that He's not going to violate or, or deviate from His Word. Because if we'll hunger for that, I promise you, if you start walking with God, you'll be able to do just as Mary is doing. Recounting all the things that God has done in your life. How He's been faithful to you. How He's been true to His Word. When He says this is what He's going to do, that's what He does because you stepped out in faith. We get to recount His faithfulness and His goodness in our lives. As we give Him opportunity to be faithful to His Word. You know, that's what I want my life to be. Is I want God to be able to have the opportunity to be faithful to His Word in my life because I dared to step out in faith. And I just wonder how much do we miss out on because we don't know God's Word. And therefore, we don't know His ways and the purposes that He has for our lives. God does things according to His Word, according to what He has spoken, and we should want to know as much of what He has said so we can walk in it as well. Now, if you're in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, Mary was found with child during her and Joseph's espousal period. Matthew 1, 20-24, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream to tell him to take Mary as his wife, even though she was pregnant. Because remember, he's a just man as well. He's a man after God's own heart, and he wants to put her away quietly, silently. But he could have made an open spectacle of it, but he chose not to in his heart. But then the angel of the Lord comes to him and tells him, no, it's okay. Matthew 1.21, the angel gave Joseph the name Jesus for the child. Verse 23, the angel of the Lord confirmed to Joseph that Mary was indeed a virgin impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, the Magi, the wise men, came to Jerusalem to search for Christ. And, you know, I know that we put them together as one, you know, same time. But there's probably a two-year period of the time that Jesus was born before the Magi come, before the wise men come to present their gifts. And so, can you imagine the confirmation that they're getting all the time? Because they trusted in God. They, they knew His Word and they trusted in His Word. Verse 2, Matthew 2.2, 2, the Magi announced a star in the east had supernaturally declared the birth of Christ. Verse 3, in fear of Herod, the city of Jerusalem 
was very upset about the arrival of the Magi. Matthew 2, 4-8, how Herod integrated or interrogated the scribes in Jerusalem and demanded they identify the exact location where the Messiah was to be born or would be born and how Herod was di- had diabolical plans to murder the Christ child. This doesn't happen by accident. The Magi show up and everybody's scared now. And then Herod comes to him and he acts like he's their friend and he wants to know, hey, tell me where he is so I can come and worship him too. And that wasn't in his heart at all. Do you think God knows what's in our heart? Matthew 2, 9-10, the Magi were supernaturally redirected by the star to Nazareth. In verse 11, the Magi entered the house where Jesus lived, fell down on their knees and faces to worship Jesus, and gave a grand presentation of treasures and gifts that they brought to Jesus. Can you imagine if you're Mary and Joseph and Jesus is running around and he's two years old, and then all of a sudden, these guys show up and they come into the house and they fall down and they worship him and then they give him gifts. You talk about confirmation. And I just want you to know the same thing will happen to us after we have taken that step of faith. God will give us the confirmation that we need. But you have to step out in faith first. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. The Magi were supernaturally warned by God in a dream to return home in a different direction. Matthew 2, 13. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream to tell him to immediately flee with Mary and Joseph to Egypt. Verses 16 to 19. How Herod the Great viciously slaughtered babies in Bethlehem. And then later he is told that Herod is dead. But can you imagine if it would have been us? And he wakes us up, gives us that dream to take Mary and Jesus and go down to Egypt immediately. How many of us would have responded immediately? Or how many of us would have began to argue with God? Well, can't we do it in the morning? You know, let me make sure everything's taken care of in the business first. No, immediately. And Joseph did it immediately. He didn't wait around. You know, I I just happen to think that as much as Mary and her father would have protected the Word of God, how the Word of God is now protecting Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And if it's true for them, it'll be true for us as well. Won't God protect us as well? When we're walking in His Word. In Matthew 2, 20-23. God spoke to Joseph in a dream to take Mary and Jesus and return from Egypt home to Israel and they lived in Nazareth. This morning my whole desire is 
to encourage you and to place a hunger within you to get to know God's Word. The importance of getting to know God's Word. Because when we get to know God's Word, whatever the cost, it will be greatly rewarded. The Word of God needs to be the foundation of and for our lives. And then we will see God's faithfulness in and for our lives. And He will confirm His Word in us and for us. When I think about this, there's a simplicity that they both have, Mary and Joseph have, of simply trusting God. Of letting His Word be the final say in our lives. I think one of the greatest enemies to faith, and it's not the greatest, but I think it's one of the greatest enemies to our faith, is all the words out there that are spoken that aren't the Word of God. And we listen to them. We listen to them. We put more and we allow them to influence us more than we do the Word of God. And I don't know how it was in their days because in our days, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have all these other things, all these social things. And but I'm sure it was a struggle for them as well. But now we have so many things, so many voices out there trying to get our attention, trying to get our heart, trying to get our minds. And we have to be very intentional to shut those out so that we can give ourselves to the Word of God. And I think it's a matter of Mary's heart. And I think we can conclude Joseph's Heart as well. That set them apart. The heart to allow God to have His way in them. And when it says, um, when Gabriel first came to her, and it's, I can't remember the words, but it says that when he greeted her, that she was trying to make sense she was trying to discern what this greeting meant. And that whole concept of what she was going through was she couldn't understand it. It was pressing her beyond her understanding what was going on. And I just wonder how many of us have ever been pressed beyond our understanding. Because God is speaking to us through His Word. Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for being able to look into your word and seeing your faithfulness to your word. And Father, as you have been faithful to us, may we be faithful to read your word, to study your word, to memorize your word, to get it inside of us, to hide it inside of us, 
but then to be willing to be obedient to it. Because, Father, there's no greater hope, there's no greater joy that comes than when we're living according to Your Word. And, Father, we want to be a people who live according to the truth of Your Word. And, Lord, we know that when we take those steps of faith, they may be faith to us at the moment, but later on, we're going to receive the confirmation and it's going to come from your word and we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen.